One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. And welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broder. We're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I am good, Chris. It is lovely to see you back in your little um, back seat, back street, uh, little little back set street. you've got built. Um, it's looking better and better every time. I, every time uh, you pop on my little um, Zencaster screen, which is the product, the app we use to record this unspeakable, uh, you know, inter <laughs> inter country uh, monstrosity. Um, it, it just I'd seem to notice another bit of graffiti or another little sticker from the Shoah era or wherever it was. Um, and uh, it's amazing, just blooming amazing. And it was good to see at the start of the record, um, Pete, your friend Pete was round, our friend Ian mm. was round. It's cracking. Yes. I had, uh, it's been a busy few days. I had Pete and Ian over today, and we did like a mm. live show on Pete's Twitch. And then yesterday, mm. Natsuki was here for the big ah. reveal, which we filmed for a video. It's coming out on the weekend, but uh, we did a live show. We did like five live shows, one on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, each yeah. one more progressively drunker than the last, because <laughs> I did this like little sketch where I'm sitting at the bar pretending I'm in Tokyo, and mm. Natsuki's like the barman. You can't see his face. He's got a mask on. And uh, and I'm just sort of pretending like I'm at an actual Tokyo bar. I even had my friend Marcus come behind us in the background and walk around like a pedestrian in the distance <laughs> and change clothes and look like lots of different people. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the the Twitter the the Twitch sorry Twitter we did the one on Twitter and that was quite mm. good. But yeah. by the sort of the fifth iteration, I drank like a whole bottle of Nihonshu sake and I was oh, uh, Chris rather Loose. worse for wear. Should have just drunk <laughs> yes. water. Idiot. So if anybody wants to see you at, you know, 10, 15 sheets of the wind, what do they have to do? What, which video is the worst, uh, part, <laughs> you know, um, version of your inebriation? Well, I removed every single one because oh, they were so bad, except except for Twitter. So you can check it out okay. on Twitter or just right. wait another few days when you get to see the, uh, <laughs> the tour in all its glory. Because yeah. it is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Fun, Something, fun, fun, yeah. fun. Absolutely. You, guys. And, uh, yeah, I oh man, Nihonshi is a dangerous drink. Like I, I think I, I drank two bottles in the space of about ninety minutes, and mm. I had the worst hangover I have had in five to six years. And I'm not proud of it, and I'm not happy about it. 
well, it happens. It's not clever, Chris. Uh, and to be honest, I mean, I don't want to let people through through the set and round the back of the set where the <laughs> where the wooden struts are. But uh, we were supposed to be recording this yesterday, but uh, little Christopher forgot that we were even doing a podcast. <laughs> I did forget. How, I did forget. That's how much fun. Chris had on his live stream. <laughs> but I mean I I was so hungry. It wouldn't have been fun anyway with that sort of hangover and I uh, I think that anybody who sort of drinks to excess and drinks to get drunk like uh, like me and to a less extent you. Um <laughs> There's something, if you have to record a show, if you've got to do, you know, in my case, like a radio show for, for the longest time, mm. being hungover, it doesn't make you a good presenter, but it makes you a little bit giddy and a little bit creative and a little bit, I, I think That's it true. does give you something, that little bit of tiredness when you've not had enough sleep, it gives you that kind of manic creativity because your brain knows that it's on the back foot and it needs to be creative and it needs to be doing stuff and it needs to be trying to be entertaining. Uh, so I always think that like a hangover does add a little susun, a little something, a little quantum <laughs> of solace for the for, for the head that you're going to do a better job than you probably would do if you turned up with you know eight hours sleep and completely stone cold sober it's and then you do crash right after the show i know that for, for, for a start now chris i am watching you on your video screen on, on my video screen and mm. have you have you got a cup of tea in front of your laptop or have you got some kind of um, smoke machine running at the time we got it's like a smoke you've machine. got it's a, a smoke machine humidifier so it's not it's smoke thankfully it's just water vapor that looks like right. kind of smoke nice. to give that sort of ramen shop feel <laughs> going on like blade runner in it it's all like I love blade it. Runner, Pete. so Brilliant. good <laughs> so I, that's the thing right people the people that have come to the set so far have been amazed by the fact that things are real like there's yeah. a real working everything. Um, everything seems to work. Everything's real, um, and that is the stiff. most exciting thing. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a CRTV that doesn't really work, but it comes on and it's really <laughs> noisy. But yeah. uh, no, it's just a, it's a lot of fun. Very interactive, and I'm still discovering stuff. I've had it a week now, and I'm still yeah. going around. I discovered a new set of lights over a shop yeah. around the back of the set today. So it's bloody exciting. You never know what you're yeah. going to find. I keep, I keep telling head, you that you should open an, open a big escape room or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I when I had Natsuki come into the to the video into the set, I put a blindfold on him and led yeah. him deep into the oh, heart of the cool. set, and then removed it, and he was like really tripped out, and uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And uh, you'll, yeah. you'll get to see that again, maybe on Saturday or Sunday if we hey. get the video out. On time. We got a story this week from Kathy. Uh, begins, hello, Chris and Pete. Kathy here from the UK. I had a great opportunity to have spent six months working in Tokyo a few years ago. It was a really tough project. So at the end of the six months, in my very last day, I went out with some of my close colleagues to celebrate our last days in hell. No offense, Japan is great for tourists, but working there is tough. Very mm. true, Kathy. Very true. <clears throat> on the train to our celebration dinner, we were chit-chatting and must have gotten a bit carried away. We were a group of Asians from everywhere in the world, but none of us were Japanese. And suddenly, this elderly woman shouted at us aggressively from behind us and said, Urusai! I guess we were quite ignorant at the time about the fact that this is an unspoken rule to not talk on trains, but Urusai is quite a rude word, I think. One of the colleagues, who could speak Japanese fluently, went on to tell her that she was being rude, and this elderly lady <laughs> hit him on his arm. Oh, it no. was quite an experience. Have you faced similar situations in Japan before? Um, all the best, guys. Love the YouTube channel and the podcast. All the best, Kathy. Oh, bit of violence there. <laughs> hit, <laughs> Ultra hit on violence the on the train for an old lady. Good God! What, what does what does urasai mean, Chris? I'm I'm not. Oh, urasai means like. Yeah, it means like 
noisy or sharp. Noisy. Yes, it's like it noisy. does mean shut up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But could you... Okay, so chit-chatting, got a bit carried away. Right, okay. So, look, talking on the train, it's just a bit of a no-no. But but more rare, I would say, is people actually calling you out for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, it, it looks... It's quite uncomfortable sometimes on the train when you're with a group of friends and... Your friends aren't really keeping their voices in check. Oh, man. This is my and... fucking life when I go to Japan. <laughs> like, every single person, I, just, like, I always have a falling out with a mate because I just go, it's just not the done thing. You don't need to talk all the time. And, like, I had one mate last time, I think it was the second last time I went to Japan, went out with a guy. Uh, he's in the Navy. He's a bit of a gobshite, and he would even admit that. <laughs> uh, a guy called Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm oh, just no. going to completely dox him. Dave Shine. Um, Poor old Dave. And it's humorous because Shine is death in Japanese, so his name is literally Dave Death. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he, uh, he, he's he got a, a, a pong shot for just fucking talking all the time about nothing, right? Whenever there's a quiet lull, he'll want to play a game where he has to name all of the capital cities in, you know, starting from A to Z or something. You know, you're going around, mm, the, mm, around mm. the world doing capital cities. And he's on the train and he's just doing this. And I'm going, and I'll just walk away from him. I'm just like, you <laughs> have your little game, but I do not want to be associated with this. I always follow, I follow out with another mate called Martin. Martin Byrne, he's getting doxxed as well. Um, uh, they, they just, they, they, they just don't. It's just not in there. It's just not in the Japanese culture to, to, to make any noise. There's no need for it, and I kind of agree. There's no need to talk. There's no need for chitter chat, small talk, well, rubbish. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> isn't it? People start to look at you when you're with when you're with David yeah. Shine and other friends talking on trains. <laughs> People will look at you, but they will very rarely sort of say Urusai. It's only happened to me yeah. once, and that was three or four months ago when I was with Connor on a bullet train. And we were sitting there talking, and Connor's voice is really deep, right? And I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but like somebody was clearly agitated by this. But rather than say, Urusai, they coughed and said Urusai at the same time. So, Urusai. And because they were sort of scared of sort of saying it. And uh, we got the hint. (laughs) We had to be quiet, and we spent the rest of the journey. To send I in silence. Um, I was quite annoyed by it. I was kind of annoyed by it, but you know, maybe yeah. we're being a little bit loud. I don't know, but it's it's a bit annoying. It's the complete opposite end of the spectrum to like British trains, where you could like yeah. play a fucking song and dance and bring a band on the train, and people just have to deal with it. Like people just put yeah. their phones on and start playing music on British trains, uh, yeah. which well, we got like. Not well, we got the quieter zone for stuff like that. We've got entire carriages where you've got oh, to be really? quiet. You can't use your mobile phone. You've been in a quieter zone on a train, haven't you? Every every train that we, we, we've we got now, it, oh, it, there's one carriage really? that's always dedicated to uh, not having a phone conversation, all that stuff. I mean, it, it's rarely observed, but um, it's, it's definitely a, a <laughs> nice place to be. I had no idea. That's that's a revolution that the UK has had in the nine years that I've been away. <laughs> quiet <laughs> trains. Like, obviously, in Japan, we have train cabins uh which are for women only they exist don't right they? so that's a little bit awkward just be careful another thing when you get on a train in japan do make sure if you're a guy you don't get on the female only carriage because mm. that'll be really awkward and people will look at you an awful lot um they're very weird they're clearly marked though um i think yeah they're clearly marked so you'll be all right just look around <laughs> be observant be observant um yeah. we got a story this week that this is this is what I call a slow week in the world of Japanese news. We've Come covered all on. the exciting news recently. We've covered the news last week that Japan is opening up slowly but surely uh, to mm. business travellers. 
which Pete Donaldson is trying to become so he can come to Japan. <laughs> Keep on threatening. But unfortunately... Sweet talking every person in Japan I know. <laughs> can I come and have a meeting with you? Little meeting, Starbucks, me and you, little meeting. <laughs> See, I... I I was confused, right? When, I, when we talked about this last week, I thought, our oh, business right. visa, right? What is business? You know, what maybe you could come over and be like, oh, yeah, what I want to talk to Chris, business. I'll come What's to meet Chris man? for a week. But yeah. actually, the business visa, you've got to be like a CEO of a company. And I am. A company. I'm, a, I'm an owner of Stack, mate. I'm, I'm the creative director, mate. I'm a founder. <laughs> I'm a mover. I'm an influencer. I'm at the grind 24-7. I'm up at five o'clock. I'm drinking tap water. I'm going to the gym. I'm, 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 I'm investing in Bitcoin, Chris. That's what I'm it's doing. <laughs> investing in Bitcoin? Oh, no. I it's had a fair. bit of Bitcoin kicking around, and then I had to buy a house, and then so it <laughs> turns out they don't, for proof of funds, you have to take that money out because they don't, uh, they don't take Bitcoin as, uh, as proof of funds for a deposit, which oh. is annoying, very retrograde. <laughs> and it's gone up in value recently. Um, but that's a story yeah. for another day. Let's avoid crypto. <laughs> Although there's been a lot of talk about YouTubers exploiting crypto and doing these sort of pump and dump schemes where they encourage their yeah. viewers to buy crypto, buy some weird twatty coin, and then yeah. sell it, make lots of money, and throw all their viewers under a broad coin. A broad coin, coming soon. <laughs> buy it, buy everyone. <laughs> buy, the, buy the broad coin. Get it for buy your friends and family. Coin. And then I'll Natsuki sell it coin. when it's at its peak. Um, go and build a <laughs> Natsuki, even Natsuki set. coin. You can only you can only spend on tabs, cigarettes. <laughs> uh, I uh, the ne- one of the next videos coming up with Ryotaro went to Akita and we met hmm. a lot of the dogs. I think Shiba Inu. Yeah, the, is that yeah, the, yeah. the Dogecoin dog? Right, that's Shiba the Dogecoin Inu. dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we met Classic. a few Shiba Inus. Put one in the thumbnail. That's flying. Yeah. It's going to be popular with the the, the Whenever- Dogecoin crowd. Whenever you whenever you slag off um, Bitcoin or NFTs and stuff like that, you'll always get a tweet from someone who's he- invested emotionally, uh, if mm. not financially, in the mm. in the scheme, uh, and they'll get very upset that you're not giving Dogecoin and you know NFTs the respect that they deserve. Uh, sorry, the respect they don't fucking deserve. That's not that very. <laughs> well, I mean, I I always had that mindset. And then it turns out every friend I have has secretly got lots of Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, and everything, and. Whenever we go out for ramen, they show me their wallet and they go, look how much money I've got. I could buy a house and a car and an airplane. You've got to be tight. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. It's like that bloke bloke who's got – did he have – this guy had – was it Ethereum, Doge? It might be Doge, actually. He had – he managed to get like something like, you know, 10 million – uh, Dogecoin or so, you know, 10 million quids pounds worth of Dogecoin and stuff. It's like, yeah, you've got to extract that somehow when the market's mm. only got a certain amount of money. Like, you've got to extract that somehow. You've got to be c- careful about it. So you've got, you've got to be, um, you've got to be tactical with how you extract that money mm, mm. unless you presumably tank the market. I don't really know how it works, to be honest. As I said, I got rid of my Bitcoin because I had to buy a fucking house. <laughs> and now it's gone up in price. Big mistake. No, it's going to be Cost There you go. Don't take any crypto advice from Pete and I. Some of you listening are probably very rich on Bitcoin. Some of you aren't. Yeah. I, I personally, I'm not a big fan, but I do have some, but not much. Oh. I wish I'd oh, bought I some see. five years ago. Then I'll yeah. be on an island, and this would be abroad in Hawaii. Abroad but coin. this is a slow week, as I said earlier, and there is no news. The new story this week is uh, stay weed-free with the help of goats. Japanese farm offers eco-friendly alternative to mowing. Instead oh. of mowing your lawn with conventional lawn mowing equipment, you can now get goats and get the goats to eat the grass for you. Is this a story worthy of the Abroad Japan podcast, Pete? Well, <laughs> well it's, it's basically uh, a farm in Saga, 
uh, prefecture, which very much sounds like the, uh, is, it, is it, was it a magazine or a, like an insurance company that looks after old people in the UK? Saga prefecture always sounds like just where all the old people live. <laughs> um, but they've be- basically been renting out goats. The men who rent out goats, as the book goes. And uh, you can rent out goats to, to mow the grass by letting them eat it. Because obviously, like, I wouldn't know where to get a goat. But if there was an app that, you know, just had a, a lovely goat on there and you could click a button and the goat turns up at your door, like Deliveroo. <laughs> and if it was a cow, deliver moo. Um, you could come, uh, probably do the same job. Deliver moo. But, and, and, but you come and eat your, eat your grass and it's an eco-friendly, responsible way of, of, of doing it. Um would it, would they Absolutely. be able to come and munch your hair? Give you a little haircut I as mean, well? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is such a bizarre story. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a farm. And Saga, for those of you who don't know, Saga's in uh, Kyushu. It's kind of sandwiched between mm. Fukuoka and Nagasaki. Um, yeah. A farm in Takeo City has been renting out their goats, which will mow the grass by eating it. Um, the goats take the hassle <laughs> out of pushing heavy machinery around and have the added bonus of being environmentally friendly as they don't need any electricity to power them. Um, they're also very quiet, unlike mowing machines, uh, lawnmowers, and they don't require any harmful pesticides. It's a win-win all around. If I was to have any criticism of this system, it's that the goats probably don't deliver an equal amount of mowing across a field. I imagine your no. mowing, your mowed lawn will look very sporadically mowed and <laughs> a bit of a mess, to put it bluntly. <laughs> well, I but mean, it's for weeds, though, isn't it? It's for like, uh, you know, because there's a big sort of scheme in, in the UK. Um, councils are, I think, rewilding uh, things. So, you know, instead of just having very quaffered lawns and stuff like that, yeah. They're uh, trying to bring back some kind of natural, uh, you know, natural side of things and, and just allowing, um, uh, you know, grass to sort of grow really, really long and stuff. And it's not them saving money. It's rewilding, you know, sending stuff back to nature. Do we need all of these, 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 these grass verges cut? Why don't we just rewild them? Do we need someone to kill all the weeds in the pavement so that disabled people can get down the street with their uh, wheelchairs? No, let's just, let's just rewild it. Let the, let the, let the dandelions grow through there and get them caught in everyone's spokes <laughs> and stuff. Cheaping well, how out. Much, how much do you think it costs to rent a goat for a day? From a farm. Ooh, I don't know. It would have farm. to be cost effective. It would have to be like a couple of quid. A couple of quid a day. Must more. And you, you couldn't just do one day. You'd have to have it for a month, I think. <laughs> well, it costs 100 yen per day per goat. Um, but apparently they get lonely if they're by themselves. So you rent them in pairs or two. So you're right. Yeah, about 200 yen, two quid for oh, a pair of goats. That's you good. Go. I mean, could you eat them at the end of it? <laughs> Lovely goat curry. Yum, 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 yum. You're a disgrace. (laughs) But big companies have been using it. J.R. Kyushu, the railroad company, they've unleashed the goats on their railroads to eat all the weeds. So, (laughs) God, this is one of the most ridiculous stories we've had in recent times. I like it. At least it's heartwarming. At least Pete is happy. We'll be back with the fax machine and your questions in just a moment. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories of women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? 
We got a message from Nick. Hi, Chris and Pete. Quick question. I'm wondering if uh, Squid Game on Netflix is as popular in Japan as it is here in the USA. My friends and family won't stop raving about it. Do people in Japan generally uh, watch Korean dramas or no? Chris, Mm. have you seen many people dressed in the old uh, Squid Game's garb? Yeah, it's pretty popular. I think at Halloween, quite mm. a few people dressed up as characters from Squid Game. I, I, Korean mm. drama and Korean music is widely consumed and very popular with younger folks in Japan, despite the sort of constant political tension between the two countries always going on in the mainstream media. Like, uh, yeah, people here do like a lot of Korean dramas. Squid Game, mm. I watched it, and I thought it was kind of good. It was right. Maybe a little bit yeah. overrated. Maybe a little bit overrated, but it was still something quite fresh and original. It reminded me of... Um, Battle Royale has a sort of Battle yeah. Royale feel to it. But the characters are quite richly drawn. I liked it. I wasn't so much a fan of Alice in Borderland uh, as much, which everyone, a lot of people said it was better than Squid Game. It's not better, in my view. I think the characters mm. in Squid Game were better. You don't, you haven't seen either, have you, Pete? I haven't seen either. What, what's Alice in Borderland out? like? Um, it's, 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 it's the most weirdly difficult thing to explain, but basically some characters... <laughs> Uh, are in Tokyo one day and then suddenly everybody's disappeared and it's just them and they find themselves in a massive game of kind of, it's almost again like Battle Royale. I don't know how to describe Mm. it. They're in a sort of parallel universe in Tokyo. And one thing they do very well though, they do make Tokyo look abandoned. So the whole of Tokyo is just empty and it's just them. And then it turns out there's a few thousand people in Tokyo and they have to play these games to survive. They lose the games, they die. And if they win, they get to go on to the next level, um, mm. kind of like Squid Game. But uh, I yeah. find the the acting in Alice in Borderland was a little bit dodgy in some places. The characters weren't right. as interesting or relatable. And, what you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't really my thing. I did watch the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, Squid Game, in my view, it's better. Though I'm sure lots of people disagree because this is the Abroad in Japan podcast and people <laughs> will prefer church. Japan based drama <laughs> but uh, check it out it'd be cool of you to watch it to be honest Pete and uh, yeah you know, and if you guys have watched it which do you prefer and why we got one here from uh, Phil from Brisbane Australia greetings Mr. Broad Mr. Donaldson uh, Dr. Donaldson so <laughs> Dr. Donaldson Ooh. it's a frightening yes, frightening concept Uh, My name is Phil. I'm from sunny Brisbane. In Japan, I've noticed most of the foreigners that stand out tend to be fellow Australians, perhaps because Australians can be quite loud and rowdy, especially after a few drinks. I've been at a Japanese ski resort during Australia Day and seen numerous drunk Aussies stripped down to their underwear, wearing Australian flags as capes whilst hurtling down the slopes at breakneck speeds. My question, have either of you ever run into many loud Aussies in Japan? What can tourists do to be less attention-seeking? Cheers, guys. All the best for an exciting 2022. Phil. I, You know what? I think I've, I've never met that many rowdy Australians. I've met plenty of rowdy British people and rowdy Americans, but Australians, not so much. You have to go to, like, Nisiko, the, the ski resort in Hokkaido, where... Right. It's predominantly run by Australians. And uh, Joey, in fact, Joey, the anime man, he worked there for a short time as well. Like all Australians coming to Japan seem to work at Nisiko <laughs> for a short time um, and run around in their underwear. Although from Joey's accounts of working as a sort of working at one of these ski slopes, it's pretty hardcore. Like he, had mm. to, he told me he had to shovel a toilet. He had to clean a toilet with like a shovel. And that didn't sound like oh, wow. my idea of fun. Big Australian um, poos in the toilet. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, like, cause like Japan is obviously, 
one of the closest kind of developed kind of you know uh, islands uh, close to close to Australia. And obviously, yeah, some of the best game, ski resorts but, close to Australia, right? Yeah, but um, like Bali's a big kind of holiday destination for for the Aussies, aren't they? It's not necessarily mm. Japan because I mean it's not cheap, is it? I suppose Japan if you if you're on the old Aussie dollar and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, I, I mean. I, I, it always takes me back to. Did you ever sort of see in in London that uh, that big? I think it was called the Chapel, where mm. all of the Antipodean, you know, South African, um, New Zealand uh, Aussies would go to this thing called, or it might have just been church, um, <laughs> and it, it would always be in something like an old or two, or uh, in like Kentish Town or whatever, or just mm. a big kind of church hall, and uh, they would just have it would just be an afternoon on a Sunday because because a lot of them would work in um, the entertainment sort of districts and stuff so they'd be working like Friday night Saturday night but Sunday mm-hmm. they'd have their, their days off and um, and they would just party from about midday and just drink heavily <laughs> midday until uh, midnight and it would just be the most debauched uh, few <laughs> hours and one of my major regrets is that I never went to like I think it's called church I never went to church on a Sunday uh, with all oh the Aussies God. and the Antipodeans so it was it was it looked like horrendous horrific fun <laughs> man that does sound pretty good mm. i don't yeah, yeah. It does sound pretty good yeah they're a crazy bunch <laughs> uh, i stayed got... in a aussie hostel in uh in kyoto uh once this guy was blumming lovely I'll, I'll, huh. I'll find out what it was and i'll, I'll if you ever get to, to kyoto guys i heartily recommend this guy he let me he let me check in uh early and uh yeah bloody brilliant bloody brilliant brilliant Australian guy in Kyoto running in hostel, right? Yep. Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to find. Uh, can I find a I, uh, Kyoto hostel? Mm. There's so many hostels in Kyoto. You're kind of spoiled for mm. choice, right? I, I maybe one of our listeners will know, given that most of our listeners have visited Kyoto when coming to Japan. Yeah. While you do a search, <coughs> coming up on my... I will. I will have a look. The next question, we've got one here from Josh from Iowa, mm. the US. Good day to you, Chris and Pete. I had an opportunity back in middle school to take part in an exchange program. I regret that I was too scared to apply for fear that I would be selected. My fear stemming from the custom of needing to remove my shoes in certain places and me having unpleasantly smelling feet. <laughs> I was 16 <laughs> years old. My question is, how often are smelly feet an issue when you visit places where removing <laughs> shoes? Uh, yours or another person's. Thank you for your first time answering my silly question. Sincerely, Josh from Iowa. <laughs> silly question. I think what you worry too question. much, Josh. You worry too much. I don't think that's ever been I've... an issue, um, unless you're walking in the rain, in which case, yeah, my shoes are eroded and destroyed, right? Because I can only <laughs> buy shoes once every two years when I revisit the UK because shoes just mm. don't fit me in Japan. My shoes are like have so many holes in them, they get so wet when I stroll through the rain and my feet get wet. And that doesn't smell good. So, other than that, though, you'll be all right. You've never had to worry about that, have you, Pete? Well, I think I would. I uh, was always very much um, a sock guy. I would wear socks, uh, replace them at the end of the day. Uh, Not like Prince Charles, get a new pair, um, uh, wash them, and uh, wear (laughs) new socks the next day. Now, uh, I started wearing these little sort of plimsolly things that didn't really sort of go with socks. So, you kind of had to wear. just, just, just your, just your, just your old feeties. You just pop your feeties in there. No socks, uh, and then 
I realise that after a day running around, possibly when it's been raining, or just mm. me running around during the summer months, um, oh, God, don't half honk. <laughs> but simple <laughs> thing is, you've just got to concentrate on washing your feet and uh, just, get, just getting a fresh pair of socks on every day. And if you have to, order eaters. <laughs> Yeah, every hotel in Japan comes with some odor spray, so you can spray your clothes with that and spray yeah. your socks, and you'll be fine. Yeah, because everything, everything smells of tabs anyway. Everything smells of cigarettes anyway. So don't worry about it. That's true. That's very true. The smell of <laughs> a thousand cigarettes uh, yeah. in, in in every pub and every izakaya will drown out the smell of your socks, Josh. But that's yeah. that's a that's a sad reason, isn't it, for that uh, to avoid the exchange program? I feel bad for you. Yeah, I, a little bit. <laughs> that's. Like a deathbed moment where you think, fuck, I should have gone to Japan and not worried about my socks. But I hope <laughs> you get to come over, Josh, and make up for it uh, and have a holiday and visit Japan. But don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Did you find the um, hostel, Pete, in Kyoto? Yes, I did. It was called Peace House Sakura in uh, I recognise that name. I recognise that name, actually. I might it's have really nice. There. They, were, they were bloody lovely there, to be honest. Peace House it's, Sakura uh, Kyoto Hostel. Self-service la- uh, laundry, luggage storage, limited hour front desk, bike hire. They've got five guest rooms and uh, just these lovely tatami matted uh, little, like really affordable uh, little little gaffs. So, uh, yeah. Big, How much big money have they this. given you? How much money have they secretly <laughs> paid you for this? All you need, look, when I'm on a hangover, all you need to do to get me to, you know, mention your product is just to give <laughs> me, allow me to be in your guest house at 12 o'clock rather than 2 or 3 o'clock because I was very hungover. I needed that and I had a lovely snooze. And then I went out with my mate Gav. Uh, we went to um, a couple of video game houses. A lot of video game creators in Kyoto. Very interesting. I hope we didn't go out with David Shine and shout. Didn't all go out with David Shine. No, we didn't. We didn't go to uh, Kyoto, unfortunately. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've stayed at quite a lot of hostels throughout the country, and I've had lots of good and bad memories. But the fondest yeah. memory I've had was in Kyoto. I stayed at a hostel with my friend George, who I climb Mount Fuji with. Um, I wonder how he's doing. I haven't seen him in like five years. But uh, we went to that hostel and we were at the bar on the roof. We met like five or six interesting people, and we went to karaoke mm. together and destroyed. Lovely. Uh, everyone's destroyed my voice doing karaoke. It was a lot of fun, though. I do recommend mm. hostels, especially if you're coming to Japan alone and you want to like meet people and have a, a bit of an adventure because it can get a bit lonely. So hostels are good. Mm. Check out that one. Uh, that's all for today, though, right, guys? We'll be back later in the week to do it all over again on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Go and get yourself a goat, 200 yen, the best $2 you'll ever spend. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> the next few days, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world. Have a great few days. We'll see you right back here on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Do it over again on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Well, what it, day mate? it is anymore? Mr. Hangover. Doesn't matter, does it, mate? Doesn't matter with oh, you. Don't <laughs> let me get the microphone. Bye for now. Ta-da. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.